richly bless you as you are seated. Thank you for being with us today. Amen. Lots of families are out taking advantage of the season that we're in and being together. And we pray for them on their journeys back in home. And all that are online, thank you for joining with us today. December the 31st, last day of 2023. And man, the presence of the Lord is... Mm. Had to grab some napkins on the way up because... Thank you, Daddy. Mm. I don't deserve to carry the burden you give me to any time I come up here. It's, it's just an honor from heaven to be able to give away what he gives to me that I don't even deserve to have. Amen. I feel like what's happening right now is a setup for 2024. Yeah. Regardless of your opinion or your ideas of what our world looks like and the trouble going on around us, let me encourage you. The Lord's not worried about anything. And man, I have fun with my unique way of giving away what I have. But he doesn't have to take Rolades because he has heartburn about anything. He's not worried about anything. Matter of fact, everything that's happening right now in our world is perfect for him to be the God that he is, the creator that he is. He didn't do anything that's going on in this world. He gave humanity the choice. And we're seeing the evidence of humanity's choice. He's so awesome that he'll meet us right there in the middle of our consequences. And just invade us with his grace. And I can assure you that the enemy's hoping that you won't take advantage of his grace. There's more grace on the way, by the way. And that's what we're talking about today. More grace is on the way. You and I have a choice to make, blessing or blesser. I didn't know that I wouldn't get through the first time I opened up the message on that. We're in part four now. If you haven't had the opportunity to hear the other three parts, I, I assure you the Lord's talking in each one of them because it's impacting me. It's helping me deal with what I deal with every week because I'm being converted ongoingly. Ah, revelation is coming. Aha moments are happening. Repentance continues every day. Y'all didn't know what I got this morning, and I repented again. <laughs> Am I trying to do stupid? Am I trying to miss the mark? Am I trying to be dishonorable to our Father? No. I have every intention on pleasing Him. And yet, at the same time, for me to arrive at a place where He has access in my heart, on the level that He can work through me and receive His glory... Amen. A repentive attitude is a paramount attitude that we should all embrace. And I'm encouraging you to do that because I've learned that it's healthy for me to be repentive. As he speaks, y'all, it's impacting. It's, it's life-changing. He or she, it don't matter which gender it is, and there's literally two genders, by the way, and God ordained it that way. It's just amazing that he can be the architect that he is and, and, and make a decision like that without my permission. <laughs> I need him to be God. 
I need him to be my covering. I need him to be my source. I need him to be my everything because without him, I keep messing up. And I'd like to think that I had a little bit of an IQ and that I had some intelligence. But every time I draw from my own personal IQ and intelligence, apart from him, you know, confirming, I get the bruises. I get the consequences. And that's all good because he comes to me every time with more grace, long-suffering, patient, gentle, kind. Wow. Why don't I just let him be in charge? I'm going to read a few things to you today. I'm going to read two scriptures. They're the same ones in different translations. Matthew 11, verse 28 in the New International Version. It says this, to, this Jesus says it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It says it in the passion this way. Are you weary? Carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Jesus made it his trademark to be our rest and our refreshment. That's his trademark. He's our source. Now, there's some things because of my unique makeup that I prefer in life that I get, it's an outlet for me. But you know what I found out? That outlet only lasts for a small amount of time. Basically, it's a mirage. It's something that I enjoy doing, but it does not sustain me and keep me. It's just for a moment. But with him... It's amazing how that when he comes as my refreshment, when he comes as my rest, there's an eternal dynamic that joins with that. Amen. Now, I can push it away because, you know, hey, Lord, I'll get back with you when I need some more rest. Right now, I want to go to Burger King and have it my way. Oh, you don't, does anybody ever say that out loud? It does, on the commercial they do, but I don't want anybody to, to think that I'm so arrogant that I would actually want to have it my way. You know, there is a song, I Had It My Way. And how did that work out? Is that okay? There's more grace on the way. I personally like the way I think in the moment. It may not produce anything good, but I need a new mind. I need a new heart. I need a new way of thinking. Because my way of thinking, even though I think it's right, gets me worked up. Has anybody disagreed with you before? And because you knew, well, my way's the best way, and I can prove my point, but the fruit is anger, <laughs> frustration, anxiety, worry. The whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. And basically what I'm saying is because I'm sharing my opinion and my preference, and I've done that more than I want to talk about. Y'all ready? As Oswald says, you deify your own way of thinking. What you're saying is, if everybody would just drop what you're doing and let me stand on the throne, sit down, and y'all pay attention to how I say it, everybody would be happy. Because the way I think is the only way to think. That's what I'm saying. Worship me. I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say that out loud, y'all. But I have shared my opinions before. I have shared my preferences before. And I really believe I'm right. And when I go with it, 
I wonder why I get frustrated. I wonder why anxiety shows up. I wonder why I get angry and why everybody deserves a whipping. Have you ever, ever found out after you conveyed what you thought was truth, did you check your fruit out after you said what you thought was the truth? And what you thought were righteousness and where everybody needs to... In the next generation, I can't believe how they think. I mean, this next generation is whacked out. And, and, and if, if they would pay attention to what I'd say, and they'd, they'd be better off. And right after you get through talking about it, you all worked up into a lathering. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's evidence that's not his way of thinking. And there may be some truth laced in everything you said, everything, every opinion you share. There's truth laced into it, but it's got just enough leaven. It's not the kingdom of God. Is that true? So you know the tree by the fruit it bears. By the way, there's more grace on the way. And so if you're repenting now because you had an opinion or you had a personal preference, that's good. That's good because I promise you there's always a better way. There's always a better thought process. Amen. A better method. See, on the wide gate in Matthew chapter 7, if you hadn't read your Bible before, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He makes reference to two gates. One is a wide gate and one is a narrow gate. Well, basically, if you conclude it into just an easy definition for everybody to consider what I'm talking about today, more grace on the way, the wide gate equals doing. The narrow gate equals being. You'll understand that here a little bit more as you open up your spiritual ears and tune your spiritual ears, not these, my English can give you encouragement to pay attention to the king's language. But he wants to say something to you today that I, I can only encourage you to listen to. He or she that has an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. That's Jesus' invitation to everybody Pastor, you go here and let me know what he said. No, ain't going to work that way. And I'm not going to take the extra frustration that goes with trying to do that. The Lord told me this. Now go do it. You're on the wide gate now of doing. But when you hear him say something about how he sees you, you're empowered now to be. And out of being, good fruit. Out of doing, you can give a million dollars to an orphanage today. Write the check out, sign your name to it, hand it over. And after you've done that, all you did was something that was equal doing. Now, the Lord can tell you to go write a check for a million dollars and give it to the orphanage. The question is, who did it, you or him? And as long as you can say, well, I did it, you missed the mark. Anything that he speaks to your spirit about and he wants you to represent him on, at the end of the deed, he did it. And that's the only way the kingdom of God will bring fulfillment to any one of us. Look what the Lord has done. That's right. And therein rest, therein peace, therein joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. When I take Dwayne Lowe off of it and let Jesus put his name on it, look what he has done. I want to be a part of his fingerprint. I want to be a part of his identity. I want to be a part of his very breath today. Does anybody want to join with me on that? But for me to do that, there's some things that have to happen, and I need grace coming in waves in my life. And I've talked to most everyone in this room, and everybody that I've talked to in this room, except for some of the guests that I look forward to meeting, you're talking to me. I'm hearing you say it. 
Boy, if I had that to do over. Man, if I could relive that, but I can't, but I'm going to do something today. I'm making the shift. In other words, you're telling me I'm repenting. I'm not going to go down that road no more. But in order for you to truly engage in repentance, you need grace, empowerment. You need and I need something that we don't have. Why is it always, you know, in, in our world we live in, it's, I, I need to do something to be able to qualify. Anybody qualify? You do that when you, you want to qualify for college. Qualify for a job. You got you to gotta, Get yourself ready. you got to do something to qualify to get into the military. And so naturally, we think that we need to do something to be able to be something. Well, if that's the truth, well, then obviously salvation starts with me. i got to do something in order to qualify to be saved. And most Christians believe that. That's why Christianity is not attractive to our world. The silence is important because you'll recognize, oh my goodness, doing good does not move God. Things that I believe is good is not God. My idea of good has more times disqualified my reality of God because it didn't come from God. Let me, let me ask you all a question. This is, a point. This is very important. Y'all catch this one. Adam and Eve eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Isn't that what our world's drunk on right now? Determining what is right and wrong? What's good information, but bad information? Right. And the moment they ate from knowledge, their eyes were opened. Well, if their eyes were opened, what were their eyes open to? Answer that question. If their eyes were open, why did they run from God and hide? In our world, it's filled with information, knowledge. And the more you gain in that, the more you run from God. The more you take in of the information of what you perceive from your own logic and intellect, what is good or evil, you run from God. So what were their eyes open to? I'm going to leave that with you for a little bit because more grace is on the way. I can't prove a thing to anybody in this room. Not one thing. I can let the enemy convince me that I can prove something to you, and then you might buy into it for a moment. But eventually you're going to find out, that guy sold me some bad stuff. He was a good salesman. He could sell ice to an Eskimo. But you didn't get God. It appeared to be good. Come on, they looked up on it and said, it appeared to be good. And to make one what one wise, isn't that what our world's doing right now? Trying to be wise? Is this helping you? There's more grace on the way. Because at the end of the day, the Lord is just asking us to trust him and repent. So what does God do? Amen. Obviously, I can't. I can't save myself. I can save myself from this wicked and untoward generation in the sense that I make a choice that is God. Figure him out. And he'll never let you figure him out. The relationship does not include you figuring out God. The relationship includes his merciful grace and love on our behalf because you can't be God, but you can be identified with God. You can be chosen by God, and every human being has been chosen by God. That just the decision to walk with him is the challenge. Because there's another God, the God of this world, called power and money and control that's pulling on every one of us to be in charge. Be in charge. 
I need to be able to do what I want to do. I need some time for me. And You ever get drunk on me? Me hasn't done me well. So I'm encouraging you right now. Salvation starts with God. And it starts with an invasion of his grace in one's life. Let me give you a few examples. And we'll close here in a few minutes because I'm already feeling like the weeping's going to come back on already. Because he's so good, y'all. He's so good. An example that I gave to you a, few, a month or so ago, when Isaiah, remember Isaiah, he saw the Lord high and lifted up, and he was, wow. And grace is invading Isaiah's world. And he's wowed because he's having a vision of God, and it's so intense. And God isn't even talking. It's the heavenly host that is wowed by God's presence and showing Isaiah how awesome God is. And in the midst of God's presence, Isaiah realizes by way of, you know, the presence of God is God's grace. Did y'all know that? Do y'all feel God? You know, there's something here. I don't know what, but I feel it. And I don't know what, hmm, feels good. That's called an invasion of his grace. That's him knocking on our doors to open up and let him in. And how many times have we, not open the door. We just enjoyed the fact that, whew, I can feel him. And hoping that because I can feel him, that's my free ticket in. No. We feel him because he's wooing us to go on a, to court him. Started to say go on a date. No, he don't do that. That's messed up. He wants us to court him. He wants us to listen to what he's saying and realize that every word that he speaks, it's life. It brings hope. It brings a hug from heaven. It reveals something about us we don't know. Can it be? Does he care that much? Are we that important to him? Could it be that he would actually give everything, him being God, so that I could be in fellowship with him, that I could be in covenant with him, that he could show me my, how much he loves me. Yes. And so God invades our world with his grace. When we don't deserve to feel him, he lets us know he's there and he's knocking on. That's what his presence is, knocking on our door. Every day. Every day. Not just when you go where you feel a, a kind of a condensed dynamic of his presence where people gather. Everyone you've came today because you know you need something you don't have. And you're looking. And you showed up here today because the presence of God drew you here. And his presence is somewhat condensed. But that's not salvation. That's an invitation. to let him get in so that you can truly live and breathe breath of life. Amen. And Isaiah, in the presence of God's grace, he says, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. He's a prophet, y'all. He's chosen by God. He has been serving the people of Israel. He's a prophet. He's just moments from being translated, right? Apparently not. Because in God's presence, he realizes, I need to repent. And the next time God shows to Isaiah, he needs to repent again. Amen. You, you see the life of repentance, what it can do for us, because it's delivering us from stinking thinking, ideas, opinions, mindsets that we thought were God. Because I heard somebody say it and use in the name of Jesus with it. Well, Pastor, now you're meddling. No, we want to we make sure the enemy knows he's not welcome here. The liar goes to church in every building that gathers. The enemy goes to church every day. 
Paul said it. John wrote it. The apostles revealed that many antichrists have entered into among us. Many grievous wolves have entered in. And they're after what? To take advantage of what God loves. The enemy is jealous of you because you're the apple of God's eye. You're the object of his affection. You're his passion. The reason you feel him right now is because he won't stop going after you. I know this because he does me that way. And yet, there's a guy in the mirror that I have to deal with every day. And it reminds me that I'm being converted, not just in 1974 when I was filled with the Spirit, but in 1975, 1976, every day of that year, I'm being converted, being changed, being worked on. He's molding, making me, forming me into his image. And he needs me to be pliable in order for me to come to full growth. He don't need my religious ideas. Let me help you, Lord. I got a Bible study here that will help you help me be better. No, he don't need any of our opinions and preferences while he's making us. He needs us to have ears that hear. I know my sheep. How do you know my sheep hear my voice? That's how I know my sheep. And that word know in the original Greek means intimate. Intimately. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And by way of intimacy, they're empowered to follow me. If you've ever, ever known God to prompt you to engage and trust him and you didn't do it, Dude, I got a, a list of merciful grace in my life. When I knew God prompted me and I pushed back. And what I was pushing back from was him being intimate with me. And I couldn't trust what he was saying because I needed to figure it out. You know what I'm talking about? God says something. Oh, oh, that looks like walking on water to me. Or that looks like that's going to cause a big bruise if I go there. Or I might get embarrassed. Somebody might misunderstand me. Anybody been there before? And what we, when we didn't go, did he quit? No, he didn't quit. Here he comes with his grace again. Let me give you another chance. And over and over and over until finally... We repent of what we need to repent of. And all of a sudden, we thought it was water, but it was a firm foundation. We thought it was, it had teeth, but found out it was just, just a puppy when you pet him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Peter done the same thing. Peter is attracted to Jesus, and he's, he's told all night, he's worked all night, he, he's working for his family. And uh, he don't have anything to show for his work. Anybody like going to work like that? <laughs> I know we all want this job. We're guaranteed to get a check. Have y'all kind of figured out stuff yet that economy is up and down? Businesses go out of business. Did, have y'all figured that out? Well, no, I got job security. Mm, who told you that? Did y'all know that governments actually fall? That invasions actually happen? And that your kingdom that you're building personally might be taken by somebody else? Did y'all know that? Well, don't talk like that today, Pastor. No, let's, let's be honest. There's more grace on the way. It's not about my personal kingdom it's not about my personal checking account or my credit score or my name recognition it's about something else y'all and he'll let us go down that road and keep knocking on our door till we realize we need to trust him that he's the provider he's our source he's our everything he's ever never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread When he's daddy, when we let him be daddy, there ain't no daddies like him.
but can you trust him to be daddy is the question. And if you can't, relax, relax. Everybody relax. More grace is on the way. I know everybody here will say, you know, I want to trust him to be everything in my life. I, I understand that prayer request. He's converting you one step at a time, one knock at the door at a time. He's converting you into agreeing with him. And he'll let you try to make that checking account, make it. And that house you built, you still have to repair it every day. And it costs to own anything. So stop owning anything, y'all. Let him own it all. And if it needs to be fixed, tell him about it. You own it. I don't. I trust you. You'll fix it. I'm not talking about not being a good steward, y'all. I'm talking about being a good steward of faith. Not weird. Not spooky. Have an intimate relationship. More grace is on the way. We're being converted, y'all. And Peter... He worked all night. He ain't got nothing to show for it. I'm going home, and my wife's going to wonder where the check is. Where's the evidence that you worked last night? Oh, you was out playing all night. No, I really worked. Right? And Jesus didn't even ask for permission. He just gets on Peter's boat. And then had the audacity to say, push me out a little bit. I want to teach a little while. But you know what? You know about Jesus? He'd been knocking on Peter's door, and Peter showed some attraction. Kind of interesting, this guy. And Jesus knew it. You're going to see if you'll follow me a little bit, Peter. Stepped on the boat. Says, push me out. So that's what Peter did. And he taught a little while, and we got through teaching. He says to Peter, let's go out in the deep. I want you to cast your net. And Peter says, hey, I've been working all night. I'm tired. I ain't got nothing to show for. But the attraction to Jesus caused him to be converted a little bit. And he said, nevertheless. Now, if I'd have done that, he'd have said, dude, what do you think you'd be on my boat for? You better get out of here. I'm going to whoop you. That is, if I wouldn't be in Christ. Is anybody tracking with this? But if I'm being Christ and I see that someone's notices there's something that I have that they don't have, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to hang out a little close with them because I can see that they, they're kind of interested in what's going on in my life. And then I'm going to start talking about what he's doing in my life. And eventually, the Lord's going to use his gifts of the Spirit with a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, amen, a word of faith. And he's going to challenge that person, whoever it is that I'm on their boat, which is really God's boat. Push that a little deeper. Throw your net. Nevertheless, Peter said, at your word. Oh, Jesus said, that's good. That's good. That's right. At my word. It's not logical. It shouldn't be happening. There ain't no fish around here. We've already proved that all night long. Perfect. Do it. Grace invaded Peter's world. One draw. And it's sinking all the boats that are helping them try to get that draw in. They're sinking. And Peter runs to Jesus. Falls and says, get out of here. I'm a wicked man. I'm a sinner. I messed up. You need to get away from me. That's what grace does. It helps you acknowledge the evident sin in one's life. What are we repenting of? Because I did something wrong or because I think wrongly? Ah, glad you asked. It's not about the deed that's been done. It's about the way you think. It's the opinions and the ideas that you hold about life and the world around you. And most importantly, how you see yourself. There's three things that every one of us want to consider today as I bring this down here in the next few moments. Is number one, salvation always starts with God. And it's important for us to note 
that grace comes first. Oh, you're alive today, not because you're smart, not because you're powerful, not because you're healthy. You're alive today because God decided he wanted you alive today. Have y'all ever figured out how the heart beats and how this body works? That you can actually make this happen. I know science is trying to get to that place where they can do it. And they're, they're making some progress because they're trying to be God. But at the end of the day, the, the, this missing link in the science is God. There's an architect. There's a creator. There is one that's in charge. And he gives us the options, amen, today to make a choice. Blessing or blesser. Which one are you going to go for? Now, every one of us is tempted to go for the blessing. It's our world. And so we get caught up into doing everything we can do to be blessed. You know, obviously, you know, in, in school, you wanted to get that smiley face and that, that star on your homework, right? Everybody, you had to do something to get that smiley face. And you went the extra mile, amen, you might even brought the apple to the teacher. But you was working hard so you could get a good score, right? It's, it's built in us to progress, to move forward, to achieve. It's, in, it's the God nature in us. But the enemy knows how to manipulate it, amen, to the point that the next day we don't even realize we're making ourselves God. We're deifying our mindsets and our ideas and what we perceive to be good, which turns out isn't God because the fruit always reveals, amen, if it's God or it's not, amen. So Peter is wowed by the grace of God. Repents, number two. Secondly, you have to address the apparent sin. Repentance. Grace. You, can't, you, can, you cannot repent unless you have some kind of empowerment to do it. Are y'all tracking? We're, we're trying to get people to repent in our world right now for being stupid. Because two plus two equals four. How in the world you come up with that number? And that's not what God's looking for. What God's looking for is intimate relationship. He's looking for heaven to come to earth and connect. And he gives it by way of experience. Amen. He, he knows how to court us to where we want to be with him. He's the best at it. But he gets to be the covering. And we make the decision to be accountable to him as our covering. And we want to make sure that every step we make when we're walking with him is the steps he's ordered. Oh, the words we speak are the words he's speaking from us. That's the bread that came down from heaven, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't money. It wasn't food on the table. The bread that came down from heaven was God who is the word. And that word wants to get hold of every heart so that when we utter anything, we only say what he's saying. We only do engage in what he's doing. <sighs> That's why he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. We agree. They let me be the shepherd. They yield to being the sheep and they follow. Amen. And they're fulfilled. More grace is on the way. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Peter didn't just mess up. Amen. One or two times in scripture. I thank God for my brother Peter. He really conveys this message. More grace is on the way. And God chose him. Did y'all know God chose Peter to be his spokesman? On the most important feast day in relation to re in saying this to whosoever will. Peter was the preacher when Jesus comes back to baptize with fire and with his spirit. And his message that he preached in Acts chapter 2 is an eternal message that don't change. It's more grace is on the way. Get this. You got 120 of them that are like, wow, 
You hear Jesus standing right in front of them. He, he come out of the grave. He hadn't gone up in the clouds yet. And he's telling them what he's about to do. In Luke 24, it says it. This is what's about to happen. And then in Acts, he says uh, to them, because they want to go tell. We're going to go tell everybody about it. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to hang out right here until you be endowed with power from on high. Now, keep this in mind. They had to make a decision. No, we're not. We're going to do what he said. But you know what empowered them to do what he said? The fact that he was present with them. He'd just come out of the grave. He's standing right there. And grace has invaded their space with the very body of God standing right there in front of them. And because he's right there, nose to nose with them, they saw him die on the cross. They saw him be put in the grave. And now he's out and he's talking to them. They're so wild that God in flesh is there talking to them. That's the grace of God. That they're empowered not to go and tell everybody about Jesus. They're empowered to stay right there and wait. And they waited. Because grace comes first. And on the very day of that feast day, early in the morning around 9 a.m., there came a sound from heaven, like as of. It was like as of a sound. There come, here comes your bread. Here comes the utterance of God. And fire fell, like as of fire. It was like as Come on, spirit and fire, y'all catching this? And he filled them. And out of them came utterances and praises. And all the different nations that were there watching and beholding, they're wild. What's going on here? Oh, grace is invading your world right now. That's what's happening here. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my flesh on, on my spirit out on all flesh. Right now, you're, you're being invaded by grace. Oh, by the way, the one that you hung on the cross and said, crucify him, let his blood be upon our children, us and our children. That's him doing it right now. The very one that you prayed for, you crucified. And they're pricked in their hearts, y'all. And notice what they says. What are we to do about this? Glad you asked. It's amazing what grace will do when it invades your world. It gets you, gets you serious about where you are. And Peter says, this is what you do. Repent. What came first? Grace. Grace is the word of God being preached. It's God speaking to our hearts about how much he cares and how much he cares. The only reason a preacher should ever preach is to remind you of what he did on your behalf because he's after you. And anything that's attached to you that's not like him, he wants to get away. He wants to do away with it. He's not beating me and you up over sin. No, he's taking advantage of the fact that we've been in sin. And that our world has been marked with darkness. And we carry all kind of religious ideas that are not him. And we posture ourselves as though we know something when we don't really know anything. And he, he, he knows how to get that spirit out of us so that his spirit has access to his house. And he does it by way of invading our world with his presence. Has anybody ever been mad? upset, anxious, frustrated, beat up, depressed, felt like getting a gun and blowing your head off before? You ever, ever felt like that before? Pastor, don't be doing that. No, be honest. Everybody's in this room understands what it is to bear bad fruit. And when you bear enough bad fruit, something's not right. I am tied into the wrong source. I need to get tied into the right source. Right? Don't really matter what you know, I'm bearing bad fruit. But boy, I got an IQ that'll knock you out. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like your fruit. You may have a lot of information, but if you ain't got good fruit, I don't want it. And that what you everybody agrees with that. And so the truth 
And the message of the kingdom is light and easy. A child wouldn't even err from it. It's easy for you to come to him. And if you're having trouble getting what you need from heaven, it's because there's an agreement with a taskmaster that puts on a religious mask and makes you think that he's Jesus when he's not. That's written in your Bible, by the way. And most people, Jesus, this is Jesus talking, not Dwayne. Jesus said most people that call on his name follow the other Jesus. Jesus said that. Matthew chapter 7. Paul confirms it and writes it in letter form. Pastor, oh, relax. There's more grace on the way. So I want to challenge you today. Oh, by the way, Peter, you know, he goes on and he rebukes Jesus one day. You ever, anybody ever rebuked Jesus before? You may, you may not know you did it, but you'd be surprised. Most everybody in here has done it, didn't even know it. Like, no, I didn't. Okay, just hold on. You're confirming you did already. Because there's no ill intent. Peter wasn't trying to rebuke Jesus. He wasn't trying to be offensive. He had good intentions. Yeah, anybody ever figured out the role of hell is paid with what? There won't be any good intentions in heaven? No. There won't be one good intention in heaven. More grace is on the way. Relax. And so Peter rebukes Jesus one day with good intentions. And Jesus turns around to him. Grace invades his world. When grace comes to you like this, it's like, oh, man, that hurt. Get behind me, Satan. That was the grace of God. It shook Peter's world. He said, I went on and I, I want you to know I prayed for you. Too, Peter, I prayed for you that when you are converted, anybody following Jesus and he's telling you, I ain't converted you yet, yet he's chose you. And yet he believes in you. He's got plans for you to blow your mind. When you're converted, Peter, strengthen your brothers. Has anybody heard Jesus talk like that? If you hadn't, you will. Because he knows how to form himself in us. Oh, Peter goes on. He does, he does something else. It's like, thank you, Peter, for helping me know that more grace on the way. Yeah, Peter goes and he starts fellowshipping with the, the Gentiles. After he has a vision... Like he, he preaches the message to the Gentiles. They're all filled with the Spirit. And now he's fellowshipping with them one day, and some Jewish brothers come in. And all of a sudden, Peter shifted and acted like they didn't wasn't there, and he focused on his Jewish brothers. And Paul said, oh, no, you're not. Grace invades. <laughs> oh, no, you're not, Peter. We're going to have this out with the rest of the elders. And they did. And Peter, what did Peter do? He repented. There's something about repentance that brings rest and freedom. Come on, if you're all knotted up because the world's going to hell in a handbasket and everything's messed up, if you're all frustrated over the fact that the next generation has, my goodness, lost their mind, the Lord needs you and me to be available so that he can be king of his kingdom within us. And then from us, he can receive his glory. I got a list, y'all. I got a list. I got two lists. And every day, I have to make a decision on what list I'm going to use. I have this list of painful events in my life where I was done wrong and treated wrong and misunderstood and And this is dead, right? And you you can't be doing that to me because you do that to me, I gotta I gotta have a response. It's not good fruit. And that's all that list produces, bad fruit. Because I've justified why I'm right and you're wrong and you shouldn't have treated me that way. Anybody got that list? Did y'all know there's another list that most of us hadn't taken the time to write down yet? Of every time that grace invaded our world. 
I don't des- anybody agree you don't deserve to be here today? You don't even know why you're still alive? How did I make it this far? Uh, grace. Did you know God has already appointed ministering spirits for every one of you here? Because he determined that you were heirs of his salvation. And a lot of the reason you're here today is because angels had to block stuff to keep you around so daddy could keep courting you until you finally decided to go into covenant with him and get intimate with him. Which leads us to the third thing that happens. Once grace invades, which is number one, we repent. Number two, number three, we go on mission. As children, you're no different than a slave because you need tutors and guardians to help you realize as children you own it all you you're the you're the heir of everything that God has but you can't you can't take care of daddy's business because you're not mature enough I still using this other list you treated me wrong but when you get on mission from God you step into sonship and now you're totally all in And you've given access to your heart. And you begin to choose only the list of the moments that God invaded your life with grace. Not only do you become on mission for God. Anybody want to be a mission for God? Not only are you a recipient of grace, now you're on mission to give it. And some of us have made vows that if certain things happen, this is what I'm going to do. I've done it. And the Lord knows you made that vow. If this happens to me, this is what's going to happen. And the Lord's got to get that out of me and you. And so by grace, he comes and invades our life to show us how that we've made our opinion and our ideas A deified opinion. I'm convinced this is the only way, yet the fruit's bad. There's people in my life right now that God's after. And they're carrying baggage that require me to turn the other cheek. To know him in the fellowship of his suffering. And to quit treating it as though I'm the one being picked on. Realize it's him that's being rejected, not me. It takes a lot of grace, y'all. It takes an experience of grace that only comes through spirit and fire. For me to repent of some of the agreements I've made and the vows I've made. So that he can be formed in me. So that not only am I a recipient of grace, I am a giver of grace. The Lord wants me to have you to stand, and he wants everyone here today. We all have the same list. So I'll stand. I know you're scared. There's more grace on the way. We all have two lists. And he's, he's asking from us on the last day of 2023, on the last day of 2023, to make a decision on what list we're going to go into 24 with. And there's enough grace in this room that you've experienced already. You can take that list that does not reflect the invasion of God's grace in your life. You can take that list of pain, frustration, anxiety, regret, brokenness, relationships that are beat up, and bring that list to Daddy and lay it down. That's called repentance, y'all. 
No one that's breathing deserves my opinion, my judgment, my idea. They need an invasion of God's grace. They don't need me pointing out how wrong they are and how they failed me. What they need is a touch from heaven on how God takes what's evil and what's dark and he glorifies his name. And so I've decided, y'all, that Amen. I deal with that guy in the mirror. Every time I find out something else that's on the list, I'm repenting because it's blocking my fulfillment and his identity from flowing from me. And I certainly, y'all, I can't rest at night and I can't find refreshment as long as I'm entertaining that. I can go do some things that I call fun, but it only lasts for a moment and it is gone. I need something eternal. I need something, amen, that takes over to the point that I only say and I only do what I hear and see him do. That list you got that you, may, you hadn't written it down, some of you, but you know it by heart. And it comes up before you often, doesn't it, when you're driving down the road, when you're getting ready, when you're sitting down to eat, you see that list. And it's holding you captive and prisoner to a lie. 2023 is closing. And that, that list has got to be burned. And the Lord knows how to do it with his spirit and with his fire. Anybody open to let him invade your world today? As the prayer team comes and as you ponder what you're going to do with that list, I would encourage you. It's something about this body that we wear, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Anybody agree that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Really? Y'all do? Make that body walk to where you feel like Jesus is. Well, he's with me right now. No, he, he, he wants you to worship him. Amen. He loves it when people run to him and start reaching for him. I don't know how you see it in your mind's eye. But take that body and make it submit and repent to him. Take your invisible list and bring it to him. There's nobody else in this room but you and Jesus, by the way. Right? If he's your source, it really doesn't matter what other people think. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. If you're wearied and you're heavy laden, come unto me, he says, and I will give you rest. Bring your list and leave it at my feet. There's more grace on the way, ladies and gentlemen. How much grace do you need today? Hallelujah. I invite you. Amen. Let the devil know I'm going to walk on your head all the way up there. I'm going to stomp a mud hole in you as I go. I'm leaving this list that you've convinced me that I have right to hold. I'm leaving it with Jesus and I'm getting this new list that I wasn't aware of of why I even exist and why I'm here today. He's going to get my heart. <sighs> Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for your, word, your presence. I thank you for the miracle that you're doing in every heart. <sighs> this world has enough hold on us. We're not going to let it continue. We're going to let you have all of our attention. That's it. Release it to him today. Guests, thank you for coming. If you need to go, thank you for being here. Anyone that needs to leave, you're dismissed. But everybody that wants to get a little bit more deeper into the river of life, 
Amen. Move forward. Come get your miracle.